1: And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. Stock Index futures slipping as investors await minutes from the latest Federal Reserve meeting. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 6 points. Dow E-mini futures down 59. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 11. The DAX in Germany is down half 10-year Treasury down 6.30 seconds. The yield 1.79%. NYMEX crude oil, little changed at $48.32 a barrel. COMEX gold down half percent or $5.90 to $12. Seventy-one an ounce. The euro, $1.1278. $1, dollar twelve seventy-eight. The yen, one hundred nine point five four. And Target down almost eight percent after reporting quarterly sales that missed analyst estimates. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike, Karen, uh, thank you um, so much. Getting some churn to the markets uh, this morning is how I would do it. He grew up in a font of minor league baseball. Mike, to talk about Louisville in our youth. Was they are, they're arguably a major league team when they were in the minor leagues. I mean, just extraordinary the what Birds. they did. Yeah. All in all, he is from Kentucky, and that is important. The congressman of the third congressional uh, district, John Yarmouth. Congressman, good morning.
0: Good morning. Good to be with you.
1: What was the political heat like down in Kentucky? What did you observe? Was it an exhausted national primary about where by the time they got to your Kentucky? It was like, okay, this is over, or was there some real emotion?
0: No, I think there was actually some real emotion. You know, it's been a long time since uh, Kentucky in general and and my community have been involved in a presidential race. So we've been an afterthought, basically, for uh, the last four or five cycles. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think there was actually some genuine enthusiasm about it.
1: You studied at Yale where they told you don't switch parties, which you did. (laughs) There's a lot of people right now going this way or that way, thinking about switching their vote from the way their grandparents or parents and they voted. Tell us about the emotion of switching the vote.
0: Well, I think what you're seeing is parties the um, parties have uh, both to a certain extent uh, drifted away from what they were at least when I was growing up. you know when I was a Republican, in the sixties and early seventies Republicans were the environmentalist party. They were the party of civil rights. Uh you had some of the great champions of, of liberal policy like Jacob Javits and Mark Hatfield and and others. Uh and obviously I guess with starting with Reagan and and the the um, kind of I guess the incursion I wouldn't say the incursion but but the the marriage between the Republican Party and the religious right that happened under Reagan with Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson and the, the, how they influence policy the Republican Party has moved dramatically away from a lot of its uh, traditional positions and and I think voters have moved accordingly so you know we've got a lot obviously a lot of Democrats uh, particularly in the south historically people who were historically democrats who now became republicans because of the the conservative philosophy.
2: But the Democratic Party seems to be moving as well. I mean, Hillary Clinton yeah. uh, appears to maybe have won uh, by a a fraction of an eyelash in Kentucky the the primary over a 74-year-old self-described socialist who wasn't even in the Democratic Party <laughs> until he decided to run for president.
0: Right. And I and I think it's it's safe to say that the people who voted for Bernie Sanders in Kentucky are not uh, socialists and not, <laughs> not extreme liberals. Uh, I don't. I don't think they voted for him because of his policy positions. They voted for him because they feel a lot of the same frustration, the, the raging against the machine, and and you know I suspect some of them also were voting for him in a in, in a strategic way to send a message that uh, they were going to vote for Donald Trump. I think that's part of it as well.
2: Well, is uh, is Kentucky, I mean, you managed to switch parties uh, and, and retain your seat, but is Kentucky going to uh, vote for Donald Trump?
0: Well, I, I think you'd have to bet that way. And by the way, I switched parties um, 20-something years before I ran for office. So it was, uh, I was pretty much uh, identified clearly as a, a progressive Democrat long before I ran mm-hmm. for office because of a lot of the work I did in media. But, um, I, you know, it's going to be a tough slog for Hillary in Kentucky, particularly because of the comments that she made about coal. Uh, she basically has surrendered, I think, the um, – the, the eastern part of the state and some of the western part of the state, even though you know, she she misspoke. I I knew certainly what she meant to say, And uh, but those are the things, yeah. things that can kill you in politics. And so she's going to have a hard slog. I, I don't think Donald Trump's going to sell well in my district uh, at all in Louisville. I think he'll be uh, soundly beaten there, but I, I doubt if uh, that will carry over the rest of the state.
2: What happens to both political parties post-November, we seem to be getting a message from the voters that uh, doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, there are an awful lot of people who do not like the status quo.
0: I agree, and I, and I think one of the things that we face in the Democratic Party, and uh, not so much in the Republican Party, at least in, in Congress, is that we have leaders in Congress, and it's not to say they're not talented. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is an incredibly talented leader and politician. Steny Hoyer is, too, Jim Clyburn. But there, we have not been able to let our younger uh, faces, our newer faces, rise to positions of prominence. And that's. That, I think that's hurt us, and I think it will continue to hurt us unless we find a way to showcase some of the people who better reflect the population. And and the the kind of modern society that um, we're going to have to deal with. You know, I I, I keep saying over and over, Congress at its optimum efficiency moves at 10 miles an hour, and the world's moving at 100. And, And we have to figure out a way to be more responsive to the way the world is changing.
1: Within the reach of Kentucky... And the politics, and of course, very quickly here, Congressman, we'd love to have you back on. Do you, how do you predict that in the key states, the polarity of a given state will go? Let's take Ohio, which is somewhat like Kentucky. The, the, the massive cultural polarities of the state, that'll be accentuated this time around, won't it?
0: I don't think there's any question about it uh you, when you when you when you have just the two two largest cities Cleveland and Cincinnati are so very very different and uh you you've got uh, Cleveland which with a much more diverse population mm-hmm. Cincinnati with a German catholic population and and then you've got the the, the large swatches of um uh, of rural voters <laughs> all the, all surrounding all of them yeah, you really have right. an incredible di- incredibly diverse yeah. political uh this area.
1: this has been wonderful. We'd love to have you on again. The congressman from the 3rd District, Louisville, in Kentucky, John Irma. Louisville. Louisville, excuse Louisville. me. Bloomberg Surveillance.
2: We're cutting it down to the opening bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4
1: capability. Drive on at your local Jeep dealer today.